Hi, we are glad that you are here with us today. As the people of God, we are more than conqueror, and we can do all things to Christ who strengthens us. Our sincere hope is that you will be greatly blessed by the sharing today. Be the wise as the one who builds the house on a solid rock by putting the word of God into practice. If you need more information or you want to bless this ministry, please do visit our website at www.nbcsingapore.org. God bless you. Alright, let's just prepare our heart and uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this very morning, as this afternoon, as we can sit down and listen to your word. Father, we thank you that you are part of our life. Everything that we do matters to you, Lord Jesus. We thank you as we sit down, I rebuke any distraction that may take away the word of God to be planted in our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, I want to title my sermon, Work Is. Work Is. Since I cannot see, I have to like keep looking, so please bear with me. Work Is. That's my sermon title for today. And um, let me just ask you a question. Do you know that our work is both spiritual and physical at the same time? Our work. If you are a student, meaning you're studying, your study. If you are working, meaning your work, your job. It's both spiritual and physical. Only we, human, tend to separate between what is work and what is church devotion and spiritual stuff. It's only us who separate those things, physical tasks and spiritual devotion. But the truth is, our work is both spiritual and physical. We may think our work or our job as something entirely physical, physical tasks that we do in the office, not at all a spiritual devotion. We think our work and our job as something that we do outside the church, outside the ministry, all that you do outside the church, that is your job, that is your work. And everything that we do inside the church and the ministry is our devotion to God. We think they are two separating, distinct to each other. But the truth is, this is the truth. Whatever things that we do at work is as spiritual as our worship and devotion to God. Everything that we do at work is as spiritual as our worship and devotion to God. Let me just move on to the next one. Because Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do what, church? To do good work, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. A statement that I want to highlight is, we are saved not by good works, but for good works. 
the moment you are saved, the moment you are born again, God has something, has prepared something for us to do. That's what he says in Ephesians chapter 2. To do good works. It is obvious doing good work, it is part of the calling of God in our life. Let me repeat it again. Doing good work is a part of calling of God for our life. God has prepared good works for us to do the moment you are born again. Not to keep your salvation. Now because you are saved, you have to do the good work so that you can keep your salvation. No, 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 not, none of that. God wants us to do good works because it is part of the calling of God in our life. The moment you are saved, the moment you are born, the next moment God wants us to do good works as part of the calling and the purpose of God for our life. So, everything that we do at work matters to God. We only think, oh, what matters to God is all the religious thing. No. Everything that we do at work matters to God. Let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever means anything. And everything, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Colossians chapter 3, 23. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Not as unto your boss. As unto the Lord. Not for the human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Meaning work as if God is your boss. And God will reward you. The reason is, if we work for your own earthly master, your own earthly boss, you might not like the boss. And you do not have that motivation when things get tough. But when you do heartily as unto the Lord, and you know this is for the Lord, and you just want to give your best, you may fall short in your performance, but you want to give it your best. That's what matters to God. So, why I want to share all this? Because in order for us to really enjoy our Monday to Friday, or to some of you, our Saturday too, to really enjoy our job, our work, we need to realize that our work matters to God. Sometimes we convince ourselves, all that God is interested in is all the religious matters. When you come to church, when you come to cell group, and all the moral side of our life, whether we are saying our prayers, whether we attend church staff thing, church meeting, or we live right, avoiding our sin, we think that is all that God is interested in. No. God is interested in all aspect of our life, in all dimension of our life, including our works and how we do our works. Not only, oh, you get things done, but the way you get things done. If you try to achieve things by manipulation, okay, if you, if you need to manipulate to have it, you need to manipulate to keep it. And that is not pleasing to God. It's just not the end result that matters to God. It is how you get the end result. 
It's not just the end, but the means to get the end matters to God. Today, I just want to simply share five simple truths. Everybody say five. Five simple truths about work. The moment we realize the truth about work, we may change the perspective towards work. All right? So, five simple truths about work. And I title my message today, Work Is. Work Is. All right? The first truth that I want to share with you, work is not a curse as the result of sin. This is very basic. Back to the beginning of the uh, creation. Many of us think that the reason we now end up need to work hard is because somebody messed up in the beginning. Adam and Eve fell to sin. Because the sin of Adam and Eve, now we need to work hard. But do you know that God created work before Adam and Eve fell to sin? Before Adam and Eve messed up? Work existed before the fall. So work is not a curse given to us as a result of sin. God didn't create Adam and Eve to just do nothing, to chill in the garden, have some coffee with all the animals. No, God gives works for them to do. Just as God himself working, is a working God. So God wanted his greatest creation, Adam and Eve, human being, you and me, to work just like him. If it is a curse, work is a curse, God will not be under the curse for himself to work to create things. But because he could work because there is a purpose in his creation. So if work is not a curse, then this is my second point. My point number two. Then work is a gift from God. Okay, let me repeat that again. If work is not a curse, then work is a gift from God. When God created work for Adam and Eve in the garden, Adam and Eve was given. Let me repeat and highlight that. Was given some work. It's a gift. Was given some works or jobs in the garden. To name a few, the job or the works of Adam and Eve in the garden is to name all kinds of animals. You know, church, I ever thought to name all kinds of animals is just a simple job, easy job. But come to think of it, there are so many different kinds of animals and species. If I, I, I thought it's easy. I thought if I were Adam, I would ask animal, go and line up. And I will just, okay, move on. I will name one by one. Name one by one. It's that simple. But that's not that easy, Alfonso. It's not that simple. Okay? Because you cannot name everything that swim a baby shark. You cannot name anything that fly an angry bird. You need 
to have this creativity and hard thinking of to name every single name. Okay, let me just give you an example. If you are smart enough and creative enough to name this animal, okay? Go ahead. Name one by one. They are all different kind of birds. You cannot name all the birds as a bird, B bird, C bird, D bird, E bird, F bird. No, you have to have this creative thinking of what to name. Okay, this must be who? <laughs> See? It requires thinking. And to name is one thing. To name is one thing. To remember is another thing. You got me thinking? You got, I got you thinking? To name is one thing, but to remember is another. You cannot name one bird, and then the next morning you forget the name, and the bird asks, what's my name? And you, you ponder again, I'll give you another name. You have to name and remember every single name. You know, there's one time when I was back a long time ago in the church, when there are a lot of youth uh, in the church, all the youngsters coming into the church, they have youth service, so many of them, I think close to like 100. And you know what? I don't remember their name. And you know what I do? I just call them, bro. Bro. I call everyone bro. Because I don't remember their name. Lord. I can't remember their name. I just have to call Bro, everyone, of course, except the ladies, right? Except the girl. I call everyone bro. And there's one time, one guy that you know, and I ask, Hi, bro, is this your first time in the church? And that bro says, It's my third time, bro. <laughs> I can't remember. And that guy is Santo. I can't remember. You can't blame me. It's not easy to remember everyone. And to name, to remember their name. And is it the first time or the second time you come to a church? And I'm always around the church. In the church, it is difficult. My point is, Adam and Eve has a great task, a job, a work in the garden. Not just to chill out in the garden. And not only just to name, to manage the entire garden. Manage the entire garden. Now, work is a gift from God. Okay? I want you to pay attention. When God gives gifts, it is always, what is it, church? It is always for our good. This is so good. Every time that we receive something for God, from God, from, or maybe from anyone, we might judge is it good or not good? Good or not good? Good, I keep it. And I work it. But when you think it's not good, you put it aside. But believe this. Work is a gift. When God gives gifts to you, it is always for a good. And so, the opposite is true. The opposite of this is true. When we don't work, when we stop working, then it means it is not good for, for us. When we don't work, then we become idle. Idle. When we are idle, it is not good for us. 
You know, idleness, idleness is the devil's workshop. Idle minds lead you to sin. When God gives you something, it is always for your good. And when you don't take that as good and it don't work, it makes you idle. And when you have idle mind, when you don't do anything, it might lead you to sin. Proverbs chapter 16, 27, that's the verse. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Let me give you an example. When was King David? What was King David doing when he fell to sin of adultery? When he was doing nothing. King David was just lounging at a palace with nothing to do. Typically, at that time of the year, the king should be with his army. Because then was the time of the year, the kings go out to battle. But where, is, where was King David? Doing nothing in the afternoon in his palace. Not at a battlefield, at a palace. Do nothing. And one afternoon, he just come up from his sleep. Late afternoon, he came up from his sleep at the roof. Not as your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man on the roof, but as a nothing-to-do king on the roof. And then when he saw a beautiful young woman bathing, that what the idle mind, he, let, he lets the idle mind, his idle mind, to be the devil's workshop, which leads him to committing adultery and murder. That's the dangerous part. When work is a gift, whatever that God gives is good for us. The moment we don't take it as a gift, the moment we don't believe it is as a gift, we don't work it at giving it our best, our very best, we lead to being idle, stop working. You just can't wait to escape from your work. Idle hands is the devil workshop. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse ten. The Bible gives us warning against idleness. Let me just read it to you. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. How many of you wants to eat this coming lunch? This afternoon? You wanna eat. But if you don't work, the Bible says, not me, says, you shall not eat. Of course, some of you are students, you don't have an opportunity to earn money yet, but if you're not giving your best in your study, by right, according to the Bible, shall not eat. Shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. See, the moment you are idle... Being disruptive are just friends to each other. They are not busy, but they are, come on church, busy bodies. How many of you know the word busy body? Singaporean like to say, hey, don't be busy body. Can you touch your neighbor? Don't be busy body like you. Okay, don't be busy body. How to not be a busy body? Be busy with things in your hands, with things at your work. Then 
he won't be busy body. When you don't have anything to do, we start what? We start to interfere, we start to meddle with other people's work. We become busy body. But when we are busy working, giving our very best to things in our hands, we don't have man, we don't have time to be busy body. We don't have time to criticize somebody. We don't have time. We are too busy with works. We need to realize one thing. The Bible says, if you are not willing to work, we shall not eat. So meaning, don't be choosy with your work. We don't wait until you have oh, so-called your dream job, then you want to work. Okay, don't be choosy at your work. Do you know do you know that what we regard as dirty job, what we regard as dirty job, dirty chores, mundane work, it could be a dream job to some other people. What you regard as dirty, I don't want to do this. For some people, it is their dream job. It's my dream, must not his, something like that. If you know the joke. <laughs> to some of other people, it's their dream jobs. You know, every time me and my wife feel tired about our work, we always, right, remind ourselves, remind ourselves, how many people are lining up, want to trade places with us to do our dirty job? Plenty. So we motivate ourselves. This work matters. Matters to God. Matters to us. So what you think is dirty job, mundane job, you have to start changing your perspective, loving the work. What God has entrusted to you. Amen? Number three. The truth number three that I want to share with you. The first one, work is not a curse. Work is a gift from God. Whenever God gives, it is good for you. If you don't take it as good, you stop working. Idol, idol is the devil workshop. Number three, truth number three, work is a character development. Church, our work, your nine to five, Monday to Friday, your work is not just to accumulate wealth and pay your bills but it is also develops our character. As we work, our work ethics are developed as part of our character. At work, we may develop what you call the five main attributes of work ethic. The first one is the first one is integrity, honesty, responsible, discipline, and accountable. All these are being built into your character as a person. When you work, when you are hands-on with your work, when we engage with different kind of people, I just don't like this boy, I just don't like this colleague. Okay, we sharpen actually one another, our character. We, we develop communication still to have a better communications. We develop relationships, we develop people's skill. So-called the hard skill and the soft skill are developed when we are hands-on at our work. 
So the main purpose of work is not just to accumulate money, to accumulate wealth, to pay your bills, but to develop and refine our character. This is what I want to say. While a builder builds a house, a house builds a builder. Try to sing that in into your thoughts. The same thing in the church. While we as a minister serve in the ministry, the ministry builds our character. You know, you will notice a great distinction between people who work and serve others with those who don't work and just wanted to be served. There is a great distinction. Just different, different. Just there's no EQ, there's no ethic, there's no integrity. It's just not being developed, it's not being sharpened because all he wants just to be served and not work. Work develops and refines his character. So if you have son, if you have children, if they struggle with their work, not to stop them and tell them not to work, encourage them, motivate them. You know, to push them through that struggle of work. That is okay. To bring it further, there's a great distinction between those who work, you know, as an employee and those who work their own business. There's a great distinction. Those who own their own business, they don't stop working when the clock hits five, nine to five. They're just working. Okay, but as a business owner, they will stop when the work is done. What I'm trying to say here is not comparing between those who own business and those who are employed, no. But if you want to be your own boss, have a company of your own one day, start by being a good employee. Church, we won't go, we won't go anywhere if you are an employee and you act like a boss. So start with small, take it as it is unto the Lord. It refines your character. That character is what you need when you go up that position. It will hold your position up there. It refines you. Develop your character. Number three, work is a character development. Number four, this is good. Are you ready for number four, church? Number four, work is a test of trust. Think about it. Work, your work in your hand is a test of trust. Now, when God gives something to us, it means, think about it, God trusts us with that something. Is that true? When God gives Uncle Sony something, God trusts Uncle Sony with that thing. When God gives you anything, God trusts you with that thing. It's a trust. God trusts us with that something for us to keep, to handle, and to manage. And when God trusts you with one thing, at the same time, He wants to test you on how you can handle the thing on your hand. Whether you can be trusted with more or not. God always wants to bless you with more. God always wants to trust you with more. But first, God 
give you one and test you. It's a test of trust. Now, church, look up. You and me will agree that God loves you equally. Every one of you, God loves you equally. God loves Uncle Sony as much as God loves Javan. God loves Javan as much as he loves Jordan. God loves us equally. But, highlight this, God trusts us differently. Okay? God loves us equally, but God trusts us differently. This is, this is biblical. God trusts one person with one, with three, with five. The parable of talent. The parable of talent simply show a different level of trust that God has for us. Just, just that God cannot trust equally. In order he can trust more, he needs to test you first. How does God trust you even more? By giving you one. How you handle that one determines whether God can trust you even more. This is a saying, this is a quote that I want to highlight. You need to be tested to be trusted. He need to test you that you are faithful that with that one thing, with the given work, with the given job, with whatever work that you think is dirty, with that very one thing, a simple job in your hand. Whether you can excel with that work, then, only then, He can trust you with more. It's a test of trust. Let me give you an illustration. How many of you do not have handphone in this room? How many of you do not have? Everyone have phone, correct? Am I right? Including Javan? Including those who are studying? Even some primary, uh, uh, really, really, like year five, five years old, I mean, already have phone nowadays. A phone, a phone, and or any device that have been sold in the market have been tested before. Any product, any device that have been sold and used in the market by so many people must be tested before. That is why so many companies have this ISO 9000. 9001. Do you know what's that? It's a certificate of testing, a certificate of a standard quality of what the company produce. A phone cannot be sold to many and used by many if it is not been tested, tested in their performance, tested in their reliability, then tested on, on, on how it responds to a long usability. Is it going to produce heat, flare? Have to be tested. Tested why? So that many people can trust their product and use. The same principle with God. If it is not tested, it cannot be trusted. This is what says, um, Tozer says, God never used anyone greatly until he tests them deeply. 
you can do good works, but there are levels to God's calling and a purpose, assignment and the purpose of God in everyone's life. You get it when you have been tested. God trusts you with greater things because you have passed the test. Test is to lift you up. Temptation is to bring you down. When God tests you, it's not to bring you down. It's to bring you to another level. It's to give you more. It's to trust you with more. Tested. To be trusted. Now, the story of Joseph, as you all know. Okay, we think Joseph was like unlucky because of his brother. But do you know that God was working behind the scene to bring the Joseph to test and refine him for a specific purpose? Do you know that? Let me give you the first. Let's take a look at Psalm 105. This is a story about Joseph. What actually happened. Okay? And God call for a famine upon the land of Egypt. Right? That's what happened. He cut off every source of bread. He sent a man before them. His name is Joseph, who was sold as what? The job is as a slave. There is nothing about dream job as a slave. A slave is a slave. Do thing whatever the slave must do as a slave. All right. His feet they hurt with shackle. Do you, do you know what shackle is? Like heavy iron and slam it into your feet. He was put in chains of iron. Verse nineteen, until the time that his word came through. The word of the Lord tested and refined him. So, aside of all the bad things, all the unlucky things, about, aside with, with the uh, dispute with the brothers, God is actually the one working to prepare Joseph, to refine Joseph through all these difficulties, all this while, for a specific purpose. And Joseph need to go through that test of difficulties because only then he passed the test, he can be trusted with the calling of God. As I mentioned, there is no such thing as dream job when Joseph was a slave. You just do whatever a slave must do. And when you can do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord, not only you earn the trust from God, you earn the trust from your earthly master, correct? That's what happened to Joseph. He was placed under, as a slave under Potiphar's house. But he, he, do, he did everything that he needs to do as unto the Lord. And the earthly master, the Potiphar's, see it? Wow. So successful. Earned the trust from the earthly master. When he put in the prison, he earned this trust from the prison, whatever, whatever you call it, manager, to be in charge of the prison. Can you imagine? You are here, this guy, a prisoner. Not a job in the prison. He has no job in the prison. A prisoner, what should the prisoner should actually do on a normal basis? Should like end up 
squatting at the corner. Am I right? As a prisoner. But this guy, Joseph, took responsibility to help out, to manage things, to make clean, as a slave, as a prisoner. Whatever he does, he does as unto the Lord. Earn the trust of earthly master, the boss, and God. It's a test of trust. It's a test of trust. So, back to us. How does God prepare and equip us to be ready? Simply by making your dirty work becomes good work. You think it's good, dirty work? Make it as a good work. Make it, it is so excellent that you earn the trust from your boss and earn the trust from God for sure. Doing good work is part of the calling of God. It's part of the calling of God. And God prepare you from your current job, your current work, is a kind of test of trust. The moment you can be trusted with this, He will trust you with more. Number five. Number five. And the last one. Work is a way to unlock your potential. If this is a test of trust, okay, work is a way. Number five is a way to unlock your potential. This is what I want to say. I found this, um, this thought some time ago. The saddest thing in life is when someone died and the potential is not discovered. The saddest place on earth is cemetery, where everyone are buried and never discovered their true potential in life. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent and wasted potential. But the attitude and choice you make at work is the key to unlock that hidden potential in you. Church, we will never be able to unlock that great potential that God has placed in us if what we always try to do is to escape from our work. Ah, thank God it's Friday, man. I cannot go. I cannot wait to escape from all this dirty work. But today, I hope the word changed our perspective. Oh, thank God. Not only Friday, thank God, it's Monday. Thank God, it's Monday. It's an opportunity for me to do good works. Simply by changing your dirty works, your grinding to a good work. Okay, it's to unlock your potential. Let me give you an example, a simple example. David, the King David. For David, his job at first was to take care sheep at the field. The job is just to take care sheep at the field. But that is what God was preparing him through that simple job in that season to make him ready for the next season. His potential and skill to kill Goliath was not discovered at the battlefield but was discovered at the green pasture when he's standing the sheep, protecting from the lion and the bear. 
The skill to kill Goliath was not discovered at the battlefield. It's discovered at the previous season of his life. What would you think and imagine if King David, or the young David, was anointed by Prophet Samuel, and then he didn't, uh, uh, I'm anointed to be a king of Israel, I don't know what plan a sheep. What would my friend would say about me? A king of sheep? No way. A job. But a simple job prepared him for the next season. Amen? Unlocking that potential is always through the work at hands. Never be on the next. For Joseph, it is the same pattern. It was not his job to manage prison. It was not. He was a prisoner. But he managed the prison so successfully. Again, his potential to manage things was not discovered when he became a prince at the palace. But the skill, the potential to manage everything around him was discovered when he was at the 41st house as a slave, as a prisoner at a prison. Unlocking potential is discovered at his work. Then, when God trusts, you, trusts him with more, the potential just being used, simply not discovered, but being simply manifested for the calling and the purpose of God. Amen, church? I hope the five simple truths, the five simple truths will help us to have a different perspective about our work. The first one, I just want to repeat quickly. Number one, work is not a curse. Work is a gift. When God gives you, it is good for you. It is always for our good. Number three, work is a character development. It develops you. Whatever you do, whatever you do at church, whatever you do at work, it develops into you a good character. Work is a test of trust. God cannot trust you with more if He cannot, He haven't tested you with that one thing. Prove it. Earn the trust. Number five, work will unlock your potential. Amen. So, my final saying before we close, church, my family and friends, do not worry when your performance is greater than your position. Let me repeat it again. Do not worry when your performance is greater than your position. It's just a matter of time for God to lift you up. Do not worry when your character is greater than the critics against you. It's just a matter of time God to trust you with greater things. You will bear fruit, much fruit, and more fruit. But be concerned when your performance is lower than what is required in your position. If you don't perform right now, not to judge, but a reminder. The Bible says when you are idle just now, the first, that first, encourage that brother to work. Work it up. Be concerned when your performance is lower than what is required in your position and your title. 
Be concerned when your character is slower than what is required in your level. Be concerned. That's what you need to be concerned of. But when your performance is greater than position, just like Joseph, God will lift you up. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Today we are reminded that our work matters to you. Our work is part of the journey of the calling of God in our life. For the specific purpose of God, for the specific will of God in our life. I do not want, we do not want to escape from our work. We embrace our work. We will give our very best, God. And in due time, so God, you're going to leave each and every one of us. I want to pray for some of you, perhaps you need to be encouraged that your dirty work really matters to God. You've been looking at your work and you despise your work and you really want to change your work. You may change job, you may change work, but faithfulness is tested with that very work. I pray the encouragement of God, work of God, will come to you today. Take that work, dirty work, and convert it into good works. I pray for some of you that you have been working so hard, but you don't see you're going anywhere. And I pray the word of God comes to you today in a quiet, soft voice of God. Do not worry when your performance, when you are giving your best at work. I will lift you up in due times. Be ready to seize opportunity when it comes. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for, for the church, for our work, for our families. Everything that we do matters to God, matters to you. As spiritual as our worship and devotion to you, God. We surrender our life. Bless your church. Bless your people. Let's just stand together and just sing one song, one worship. Through you, I can do, I can do all things, because it's you give me, amen. I can do through you, open stronghold. Amen, God. Nothing is impossible. There is a strength, there is power, there is encouragement, there is joy that God is giving you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, that it is through you we can do all things. We can do all things. 
is a partnership between you and us. We don't do it alone. We do it through your strength. Let's lift up both our hands and receive the blessings of the Lord. Bless your church. Bless your people. I pray that everything that they do will prosper. With a small thing, one single thing that you place, that you trust in their hands, I pray that you give them strength to make it good works. To make it and bear fruit. Father, you bless them. Everything that they touch and do, be prosper. Change the attitude, change the perspective, change our, 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 our dedication towards our work. We surrender your people and all of us in this room. May the love of God and the grace of Jesus Christ, the anointing of the Holy Spirit be with you. Give you favor before men and before God. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy Sunday.